0: I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning in and God bless. Now, obviously, I snipped a lot of that because I couldn't get through the whole scene, so you can go. That is from The Chosen, so if you've not watched The Chosen, I encourage you to go download the app. You can watch it for free. That was season three. That was the season finale part of it, So, uh, and we couldn't show it all here, but that series is changing the world literally right now because it shows Jesus in real life. He was human. He was God, but he was human as well, and he could relate to humans. So we're going to be talking about this topic today, the struggle is real. How many of y'all can say that? Now maybe that's a later 2000. I don't think it was in the 90s yet when we said the struggle is real, but struggle is real, we used to, I used to work at Chick-fil-A years ago, and when we get busy on a Saturday... Me and the cooks, you know, I'd be running I'd be running things and the cooks would be back there and then the struggle is real, yo. That's what they would tell me. Because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of chicken, and you gotta keep the food moving. But it's not just a Chick-fil-A. How many of y'all know life the struggle in life is real? It is a real struggle that we all face day to day. So I thought, you know what? Let me go ahead and talk about this today. So um, as some of you, well, I don't know if I've announced it before you guys yet. I've talked to my leaders um, for the next five services. So that'll be Sundays and Wednesdays. We are going to have, well, actually this Wednesday, Brett's speaking. But uh, so starting next Sunday, we'll have Pastor David, or I called him Pastor. There it is. I accidentally said it again, David. David Newell will be speaking for us next week on Sunday morning. Lisa Lambert will be speaking that Wednesday. Devin will be bringing a word the following Sunday on the 10th. That Wednesday, Anna French will be bringing another word. And then on the last Sunday of the month, we have Pastor Zach right back here by the door who's going to be bringing a word. Because God told me that in the month of September, it's time to give leaders a chance to speak. Amen? So uh, how many of y'all know there's more than just me running this outfit? There is. If you didn't know it, I'm going to tell you. It takes a whole lot of people to do what we do even in this little building. Amen? So each of you being here, it's a thank you. I call it leaders appreciation, whatever you want to call it. So I said I'm going to give you all a chance to speak. Um, Four of them right now are in the Next Level University leadership curriculum that we take here at the church. And that is online right now. And they're going through that as well. They're trying to step out into what God has called them to do. But how many of y'all know we all got a past? So if you've ever been judged for your past, the person that judged you has got a pride problem. Because they forgot they were just like you not long ago. Amen? So let's talk about struggle this morning. Y'all ready? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 14. That is where the story that you just saw takes place in your Bible. This is also... The very first introduction I can remember at probably about three years old of Jesus. So my mom, they were in and out of church when I was a kid. They'd go sometimes. Grandma would take me every time I spent the night. I'd be going to church, right? But when I was at home, I didn't know a whole lot about Jesus. I mean, whether or not the family knew it or not, I don't know. But I'm just sitting there looking through this illustrated children's bible series that my mom had when i was a kid some of you have heard this story before and i remember flipping it open i just picked a book and flipped it open and the very first picture i saw was a man walking on water and i looked at that page and said i want to do that And that's when I started getting more interested in reading a Bible, and I had a Bible because they gave us one as a kid, but I remember because they would have the references in that book to the books of the Bible where you could find the stories, and I remember as soon as I saw that picture, I read it there, and then I went and looked up at all the references in the Gospels to where this had happened, and I believe it's three out of the four talk about this story, and so... I started reading the Bible, and I believe Matthew was probably the first one I turned to. Matthew chapter 14 is where Jesus goes through this experience with Peter. And We're going to talk about that today. Some of you have heard me talk about this type of stuff before, but we're going to do it in a message form today. If you're tuning with us online, before I forget, um, thank you so much for joining with us. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church here in Jackson, Missouri. We're so glad you joined with us online this morning, but what we want to do is invite you to come down and join us live and in person because you're not getting the same thing there that you can get in the house. Amen? There's something about being in the presence of God, and I know that I say that all the time, especially if you're one of those regular listeners that we have online. Um, So come down, join us if you're close enough, if you're far away. Well, thank you so much for tuning with us today. But if you are physically able to get out of the house and come to church, I believe you need to be in church. Wherever it's at. Find you a church home that goes along with what you're believing. Let them disciple you. Let them train you in the things of God. Because without it, you're going to fall right into what Peter fell into. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Are y'all ready? Look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? Now look at your another neighbor and say, let's go. let's go. All right, Matthew chapter 14. We're going to read verse 22. Kicking it off, I'm going to be in the NIV translation today. <clears throat> it says, immediately... Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd So here is my first point this morning If you are taking notes first point this morning is even if you don't know what your call is just yet We've been commissioned to go God didn't tell us to sit still and only come to church and sit in the pews. He said go take it to the people of the world I mean, y'all know there's going to be people you come in contact with that I may never meet. You may be the only Jesus some people ever see. They may never darken the door of a church, but you're Jesus to them. So I hope you're being a good example. Amen. So here's my question as we get started this morning. You notice here that Jesus dismissed. He tells the disciples, he says, get in the boat, go to the other side. I'll dismiss the crowds. Now, if you've seen The Chosen, he was going up on the mountain to pray. So if you haven't, I'm encouraging you. It's free. Go download it. You can watch it on your phone. So he goes up to the mountain to pray. But I want you to catch something here. He says, while he dismissed the crowd. So he told the disciples, go ahead and get in your boat and go, I'll take care of them. Uh Uh-oh. All right, let's go. So here's my question to you. Are you still sitting on the shore or did you go? Y'all didn't catch it. Let's try it again. Are you still sitting on the shore waiting for something? It's amazing. I listened to my pastor this morning from Wednesday night on my way, and I had already had this all in motion, and he was talking about the same thing. You want to make something happen in life, you got to get out there and do it. How many of y'all know? Yeah, sometimes you may me miraculously delivered. You know, we've heard Lisa and different stories of God speaking, but that is the exception, not the rule. Most of the time, it's going to take work on your part, to be completely delivered from whatever it is that's hindering you from a closer relationship with God. So when Jesus told you to go, now here's the deal. I want to make a comparison this morning. Can y'all handle comparisons? Here's what I want you to see. When we first get saved, we first get born again, I want y'all to see that visually when he says to the disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side. You got into your boat the day you got saved. Now, are you still parked on the shoreline? This is what I'm getting at, because here's the deal. While they're going and beginning their journey, Jesus is handling the crowd. How many of y'all know the crowd in your life are the naysayers? Okay, a couple of you. rest of you, we're going to figure it out. The crowd in your life are the ones telling you you can't do it. Did y'all hear the disciples in the boat? Now, I'm going to get to this, so I don't want to get on it too much here because we're going to talk about the disciples' reaction in the boat. I loved this uh, portrayal of it because it hit on everything. See, Jesus, we've seen those lovely pictures of him walking on a smooth surface of water, right? That's not what it looked like. You just saw a good visual of possibly what it looked like. It was a storm going on. There were big waves, there was rain, there was lightning, there was thunder. And if you watch that entire scene, you see the disciples have been paddling for hours, and they're not going anywhere. And Peter's saying, we can do it, let's keep going. Now, what you also didn't see, if you watch that, is Peter's got an issue. He got an I'm not going to tell you what it is, go watch the series, right? Peter's got his own issues happening at home, and he's upset. So there's really a conversation that I couldn't put up here of Jesus Jesus asking him, even though he already knew, why are you so upset? How many of y'all have ever been upset? Storms in life come. See there's very big Symbolism, especially, and you also get to see his wife going through a purification process, and there's a reason for that if you watch the series. But so Jesus is telling you, go ahead and get in the boat and go, I'll handle the crowd. Because here's what he told us in Matthew 28 19 and 20. Most of you are familiar with it. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all nations Baptizing them in the name of the Father And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you And surely I am with you always To the very end of the age Here's my point to you As we continue here Jesus will get rid of the multitudes You go ahead and start your journey Because here's the deal The only way to be on a journey is to start it. You got to be willing to start. If you never start, then you're never going anywhere. So I'm struggling with all this or I'm doing all this. Well, when are you going to start doing something to make a difference about it? You have that power in your own hands to make a difference in your own life. Amen. We all do. We all do. We've all been there. We all have storms that we go through. But I also want you to notice something else. As as we're picturing you guys, when they they first got in the boat, how many of y'all know it probably wasn't storming? Same thing with us. When we get in our boat, we freshly get saved. Y'all know the excitement of first being born again. You're ready to tell everybody, right? And it doesn't take long for the firefighters to try to put your fire out if you're from a traditional church, which I was. Don't get too excited here. We don't do that. Right? What? Come on. No, I'm telling you, get excited. If Jesus has delivered you from something, it's time to get excited. That means in the praise and worship, if you feel like lifting your hands and praising God, if you feel like giving God a shout, yeah, we encourage you to do that. Because you only know your story. Nobody else around you has your testimony. There is something that God has delivered you from that nobody around you had been delivered from. They may have a similar story, but they're not you. So you can't judge a person by their praise. And how many of y'all know that goes for people that are still struggling, too? Just because they're still struggling, don't you tell them to shut up. They need to worship God all the same. Yeah, you know what? We all struggle with stuff. Matter of fact, in the struggle is the time to praise him the most. Amen? You ought to be louder when you're struggling. See, we tend to do that reverse, right? We're so loud when everything's going good, but when things are going rough, where's your praise at? We need to be praising God as if the deliverance has already happened. But point number two, and I already said it, but let me make sure you put it down if you're writing notes. In order to succeed, you must start your journey. Where does it begin? That doesn't mean if God's called you to a global platform that the next day you're going to be all over the world. Not what that means. There's a growing process. But what can you do with the materials that are before you right now to begin your journey to make a difference? Whatever God has called you to, because everybody's is different out there. What can you do right now in your life to make a difference with what you have? See, a lot of us want to think, well, I'll wait until I get to this point. No, God says, go ahead and get started with what you got. If that means you just need to start spending some more time with God and praying, start there. I mean, y'all know that's where the answers are at, anyway. So here's my point here: if they had known it was going to storm when they got in the boat, I mean, y'all know they probably wouldn't have gotten the boat. See, Jesus put it like this: He says, "Tribulation and trials will come." we got to understand something. Just because the journey starts with a bit of excitement doesn't mean it's always going to be smooth sailing. It may start out smooth sailing, but rough waters are coming. The way we always looked at it is this. You've either just gotten, gotten out of a storm, or you're getting ready to go into one, or you're in the middle of one. There's always a storm somewhere. Why is that? If you're called... Of course the devil wants to give you a storm, because if he can get you to give up now, he don't have to worry about what you're going to do later. Don't let him speak those negative things to you. So don't let people or things hold you back. If God's called you to something, what can you do now? Look at your neighbor and say, now, what can you do now to get started with your journey use whatever is available to you right now if that means something simple mowing your neighbor's neighbor's grass they don't have a mower but you do we're to be jesus everywhere right i didn't say there wasn't gonna be work involved some of y'all like oh you mean i gotta work remind me of those kids on back to the future too when he's in the future and they're like you mean you gotta use your hands that's like a baby's toy Michael J. Fox, like, what? Because he's over there shooting you his wild gunman or whatever that old 80s arcade game was. Now you gotta use your hands? Yeah, you gotta do something. You gotta do something. Now let's get you through whatever it is, but we gotta get you started because your journey begins when you get saved. So there's your first step. If you've never been saved, born again, that's where the journey starts. You ask Jesus to come and live in your heart, be Lord of your life, forgive you of all your sins. That's where the journey starts. There's not, a, there's not a particular way to word it, although I word it the same way pretty much every week when we close. There's not a particular way to word it. We're repenting, right? Right? We're repenting and we're turning from our ways. That word repent means about face, if you look it up. So basically what it's saying is you make a 180. You are going this way. It wasn't working because you were trying to do it your way. Now you want to turn your life totally around and go God's way. That's repentance. That's about faith. That's an old military term. Some of y'all, if you were military, you know that term. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us this. See, a lot of times we let people discourage us. How many of y'all know if someone's discouraging you from reaching your destiny, it's time to cut them off? Amen? Oh, come on. Some of y'all got some some trims some limbs you need trimmed amen you can't let people hold you back the only one that can hold you back in your destiny is you it's all right up here book years ago i've never read it but i love the title the battlefield of the mind because that's where it takes place it's up here what are you going to do second corinthians 5 17 tells us this therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Those of you that know that verse, you know that. Then how come so many people want to hold on to the old instead of moving on with the new? Then we wonder why we struggle. We're not saying trials won't come, but mentally, if you're still holding on to something back here, that held you back before, guess what? It's still going to hold you back now. The only way to get complete deliverance is to go to the next level is to cut it off and move forward. Amen? Matthew there in verse 23 of Matthew 14, as we continue that story, it says, after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And here's what I got from this. Jesus sends you on your journey, then he intercedes for you with the father jesus sent him in their boat he cleared the crowds he went straight to the mountain to pray matter of fact you watch the series he asked a religious pharisee i believe it was if he wanted to join him for prayer and it looked like he went if he did we don't really know what happened but he hesitated for a minute like if we're not praying to god who are we praying to anybody got to be praying got to be spending time with it. So Jesus would spend time with the father. That's how come he's able to do the many things he was able to do because he had a relationship with God. Yes, he was God in the flesh, but he was teaching us how to build that relationship. How many y'all know he said, everything you've seen me do, you're going to do even more and greater things. He walked on water. That's pretty big one to top. I've not done that, at least yet, that I know of maybe in the future. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Go start walking on the water. So he's interceding for you because point number three this morning is Jesus keeps a watchful eye as you journey. He didn't leave you. He's interceding for you. Matter of fact, if you've received him in, he's in you. Walking this thing out with you. Too many people think just because he's off at the mountain interceding or praying that he left them. Look at the disciples in the story we just read. The winds and the waves. We're going to talk about it. I better not get ahead of myself. Back, verse 24, that, but just know that, how many of y'all know if he was on a mountainside praying? Now, I don't know. The text doesn't tell us, but there's a, probably a chance that he could see the disciples struggling. Y'all ever been on a mountaintop? Literally a mountain, not a hill. You been on the mountains? You can see for miles if you've got a good open view, Right? So there's a chance. It doesn't tell us that. But I always think of Jesus. He knew what was going on. Fourth watch of the night comes around. I believe they tell us that's around what? 3 a.m. I believe if I'm not mistaken. Verse 24 says, And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So what started out as smooth sailing isn't so smooth anymore. Now there's trials coming. What well, started out as you being excited about being saved and born again, and you were so excited to tell people about it. Then a trial in life came. How many times have we said it in this house? The true test of a Christian is how you hold out in the storm. When it looks like you're drowning, and we're going to talk about it. I'm going I'm I'm to give more to this illustration. So here's what I want you to see. So they're in their boat, and they're sailing, If you can imagine with me, the water is the world. Started out as smooth sailing. Then the wind picked up. The storms picked up. The storms started coming, beating against their boat. And they're struggling. I love this visual because you can see them like, I don't know, we've been doing this for hours. We're not getting anywhere. How many of y'all ever had those moments in your life? It feels like you've been here for hours. God, I'm not getting anywhere. The true test of a Christian, I just said this, look at that, it's point four. The true test of a Christian is whether you can hold out in the storm. Verse 25 there says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Now the only thing you couldn't hear as loud in this video was the guy saying, it's a ghost. Y'all would have thought the same thing, Don't, don't kid yourself you out in the middle of a storm-filled lake, and suddenly it looks like someone's walking on the water out to see you. You can't see his face. You couldn't see it. Remember? The one disciple, I don't remember which one it was, said, did you guys see that? Right? And he's looking, and you could just see this image of what looked like a human coming to them. And then it, I believe it was, was it Andrew that said, it's a ghost, right? Let's keep reading. He comes to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it it is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter, old Pete, steps up and says, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. I love the reaction of the disciples in this video, in the boat, because I've always seen it that way, but I've not seen it portrayed that way. Are you crazy? (laughs) Peter, what are you doing? You can't walk on water. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat, right? See, the sad part is they were disciples too. And they were trying to hold Pete back from his destiny. Are you crazy, Peter? Don't. No, Peter. Here's my, here's my thought. While you're going through the storms of life, anybody ever, anybody ever understand, understand the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? analogy? No, I don't know if that's the word. But anyway, we're, we're trying to get across about the world and suddenly the storms of life. Do you guys understand what we mean by storms of life? That means when you're going through something, you lost Everything. Your finances are a wreck. Maybe you're struggling with an illness. Maybe you're struggling with other things, right? Suddenly, Jesus, I'm just here to remind you, Jesus is coming. And he's walking on the water because the waves don't intimidate him. Everything beaten against your boat doesn't scare him. He's walking on the water To come and meet you. So here is my encouragement. Jesus is coming. Just hold on a little longer. How many times have you heard that? How many times have you followed that? I think too many people give up right before they get their blessing. Or right before they get their deliverance. Or right before they get their healing. Or right before whatever it is. They give up because the storm was too strong for them. They couldn't do that. I can't give that up. And the storms are beating your boat. You don't know what you're gonna do. You aren't going anywhere. Suddenly, here comes Jesus with outstretched hand. But we stopped with Peter, so we're gonna continue that. So, too many times we want God to continue proving himself over and over out of fear. We got lots of stories in the Bible. We got Gideon. You know, there's there's so many stories in the Bible. But how many of y'all realize? that if it's something little that you want accomplished or maybe something big that you want to see accomplished you'll 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 test God by giving him a little thing. And you've heard me do this before some of you some of you haven't. You're sitting by a busy highway. It's guaranteed there's going to be a pickup truck drive by your house any second. So if you really want whatever he's calling what you think he's calling you to do sometimes to happen what you'll do is you'll go simple. You'll say, "God, if this is your will, then a pickup's going to drive past my house in the next 10 minutes." Knowing full well that in the next 10 minutes, there's going to be a pickup drive past your house. So then then you can say, oh, I got my confirmation. Right? Right? That's if it's something we want to do. (laughs) Then there's the times we don't want to do it. And we're kind of like Gideon. If you're not familiar with Gideon, here's what Gideon did. Lord, are you sure if this is really you... Lord, I'm going to set this piece of cloth out here on the grass. And when I get up in the morning, if the cloth is, cloth's wet and the grass is dry, I'll know it's you, God. Goes to bed, what happened? He got up exactly how he said it came to pass. The cloth was wet, the grass was dry. But he didn't want to do it. Y'all know the story of Gideon. He didn't want to do it. He's just a farmer, right? God's telling him to lead an army. He's like, no. Okay, God, that's pretty good, right? But this time, if it's really you, I want the cloth to be dry and the grass to be wet. Goes to bed again. Gets up the next day. What happened? The cloth was dry. The grass was wet. But because it was something he didn't really want to do, he finally did surrender, by the way. How many of y'all do that? So in that same analogy I was giving you, you don't want to do it. God's telling you to do it. And all of a sudden, you walk out of your house by that same busy highway knowing that if you want out of this, you're going to have to make this next to impossible, right? So instead of a pickup driving by, now you say, okay, God, if this is really you, there will be 25 red trucks past my house in the next three minutes, I mean, y'all know God can do it. Little did you know the firemen were having a parade that day. And as soon as you got done talking, 25 fire trucks drove right past your house. And God saying, come on, let's do it. So we got to understand when God tells us to go, you know, there's such a thing as missing God's timing. And if you miss God's timing, you may miss out on your blessing, your miracle. Not saying it won't happen, but it may get postponed. See, God's timing is never early. It's never late. It's always right on time. Jesus is coming. Hold on a little longer. God, prove yourself to me. God, prove yourself to me. If this is you... Most of the time when we keep carrying on, it's because we don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. He proves himself over and over and over, three, four, five times, and you're still saying, okay, God, but that's pretty good, but if it's you, God, right? And, you know, I see God up in heaven when that happens, saying, will you just go? I've told you to go. I've given you all the evidence you need. Go do it. Whew. Verse 29. Peter has just made his comment. Lord, if this is you, bid me to come to you on the water. Did you notice the reaction here? Now, I never, never thought about this. I got to give props to the chosen for this one. He says, okay, come. Peter's like, he actually said, come. It's like a hesitancy for a minute, right? But now he's done and put himself in this. Remember Peter I relate a lot to Peter. He has a lot of those open mouth, insert foot moments. So now he's opened his mouth. He's inserted the foot. And Jesus said, okay, come. And Pete's like, well, I guess I got to do it now. So here he goes. And now what happened? Do you remember the reaction of the disciples? Peter, no. Peter, no. Are you crazy? No, Peter, don't do it. Peter gets out of the boat, steps on the water, and how many of y'all know to this day, besides Jesus, he's the only one that can put it in his resume, walked on water. May not have lasted long, but guess what? He got out of the boat. He walked on the sea. See, if the sea is the world, everything in the world should be beneath you. You should be focused on the task God has got you to do, not worried about what's going on below you. Pete gets out of the boat out of his safety net. Y'all know what we mean by that? Even though at this time it's storming, he probably ain't as safe in the boat either. Steps out on the water, and did you notice he got up? Whoa, right? This is cool, right? And he's looking around, and this same Jesus, if you watched the series, he was mad at Jesus at this point. Jesus proves another point. He stepped out on faith. Jesus says, come. Peter got, Peter got out of the boat. Walked on water and came toward Jesus. But did you notice? And they did a good job portraying this here. As he's walking on the water towards Jesus, what did Jesus say? He said, keep your eyes on me. Come on, sometimes it's baby steps. Keep your eyes on me. You can't believe what you're doing. You're just kind of walking on something that you shouldn't be able to walk on. Jesus is saying, come on, keep your eye on me. What happened? The waves. Now, y'all, y'all want to blame Pete, but you'd have done the same thing. It's storming around you. Suddenly, he gets a little scared because now he's further from the boat, right? He's left that safety net behind, and here he is in the middle of Sea of Galilee, and he starts looking to the sides, and what happened? I'm sinking. I'm sinking. Jesus said, don't take your eyes off me come. We got to know how to keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's keep reading. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, I don't think it was Lord save me. I think it was Lord save me! He's scared. How many of y'all have been scared? You notice yourself start sinking into the world below you. Jesus is saying keep your eyes on me. You can do this, but you're worried about what's going on around you and the storms of life that the devil will throw your way every time. Because he's got to get you distracted because some of you, let's just say all of you, if you never fulfill your purpose, he thinks he's got it. He's going to be all right, right? But some of you are walking in a destiny that's a much, much bigger than you. And if you get scared now, you're going to miss it. Jesus, or Peter begins looking around. So at first he steps out in faith to go to Jesus. But then the distractions came. And you begin doubting yourself. I know some of you can relate to this one, so I'm going to use it. That unexpected bill shows up in the mail. You've looked at your bank account. Now you're scared. And that fear can keep you from reaching your destiny. If you let it. See, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. When it looks like the world is falling apart around you, where's your faith? What do I mean by that? I mean, do you still trust Jesus in the down times? Do you still trust Jesus even though you haven't seen it fulfilled yet? Are you trusting Him or are you panicking now? And now you're. Now, see, here's the other funny thing. People turn to the very world that's throwing things at them to try to get them out of what they're in, not realizing that that's making them sink. If you're wanting deliverance through Jesus, you don't turn to the devil for help. That's what you do. Anytime you pick up that addiction again. Anytime you deal with whatever it is, you've got all this stuff going on. You let fear creep in. Now, all of a sudden, your eyes aren't on Jesus. You're starting to sink. Notice he fell on in. But let's keep reading. We've got, okay, point five. I keep forgetting my points. We must keep our focus on him, not our surroundings. Doesn't matter what the world looks like around you. If you're focused on him, you're going to be all right. Amen. You got to know him first. You don't know him. That's why you are still panicking because you don't know him. But if you know him and he's your savior. How dependent are you on him or are you dependent on the world to solve your problems? Can I just be real? Too many people look into the government to solve problems that the government ain't got no business solving. God can solve it. But out of Fear we turn for help elsewhere. Now, I understand there are certain things, there are certain needs that, you know, the government, it's a blessing to have that help. But you've got to understand something. Your dependency should not be on them. Y'all looked in the world around you? Have you noticed it's falling apart? Yet we keep looking to them for help. That's what they want you to do. It's like that old snake in the jungle book. Trust in me, y'all know that song? Trust in me, right? God's over here, Jesus is over here with his hand out. Come on, I got you. A few more steps, few more steps. Come on, I got gotcha. you. Trust in me. What do I do? Now you're at a crossroads. Which way do you go? Do you trust God? No matter how bad it looks. He took his focus off Jesus and began to sink. When we start focusing on the things of the world, no matter what they are, we begin sinking into the world. Can I bring up another point? If you drowned in that, what good are you to God? Fear should never get you to the point of drowning in the world, and whatever it is. If you drowned, God can't use you. You'll be dead if you drown. Y'all know that drowning is death, right? There is a way that seems right to a man, but its ways end in death. Death. we got to get our eyes off the world and start putting them on Jesus where they belong. Hebrews 11.1 1 is always used, but it is the best verse for encouragement on this. Faith. Now, this is the NIV translation. So, now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the Evidence of things not seen. Did you notice Jesus' first question to Peter when he saved him? Ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Peter was walking. He was doing it. He was on the water. But don't knock him too much. You've been in the situation. You'd have probably done the same thing. Verse 31 there says immediately. And this is what I like about this. As Pete looks like he's going to drown. He's in the water. Now he's surrounded. He doesn't know how to get out. He's looking. You've seen him struggling under the water. He didn't know what to do. See if the water is the world. That means you're struggling in the world. You're looking around. Wondering why nothing makes sense. But what happened? Immediately. Pete cried out, remember? That was the last verse, what he just said. Lord, save me. He cried it out. It didn't say, well, Jesus waited a little while, let him get what he deserved, and then reached his hand out to grab him, right? He didn't say that. See, that's religious people. Oh, my goodness. Lord Jesus, why are we going here? Religious people will watch you drowning. Point their fingers at you and say, well, they just got what they deserved. Instead of reaching out their hand to pull them out. What did Jesus do? If we're following Jesus' example, that means while Pete's drowning, it says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. That was a powerful scene. Did you see that? Jesus' hand came through the water. Peter sees it up there. He's still a little ways away, but did you see what he started doing when he saw Jesus' hand? He started swimming for the surface. Some of y'all need to swim because Jesus' hand is right there saying, come on, I got you. He doesn't want you to drown. If he'd have left Pete, Pete would have drowned. This is a storm. immediately he reached out his hand and caught him and then what did he say you heard it in the video you have little faith why did you doubt did you notice how he said it he wasn't beating pete up for it he was asking a simple question did you notice what he said to the disciples? Now, this isn't in the Bible, but I thought it was a cool addition because it still speaks the same message. He's coming walking. Now, if you watch the whole scene, one of them, it might have been Thomas, I don't remember, said, why is this the second most amazing thing I've seen all day? And Jesus says, this impresses you? Where were you at earlier? Because right before this, he had fed the 5,000 people. They only had five loaves, two fish. That's it. Little boy brought what he had. Jesus used it to make a difference That's it That's all we can do Bring what we have right Amen Immediately So Peter cried out to Jesus When he didn't know what else to do Why is it that we wait To when we don't know what else to do To cry out to God Some of us could learn a little lesson on If we'd cry out to him in the first place Maybe we could avoid the trial Or maybe not the trial, but you would have handled it a little different instead of panicking. All right. When Jesus heard his cry, immediately he reached down and caught him. And then he asked him, why did you doubt? Verse 32, Matthew 14. Check this out. Another powerful point. All because of obedience. And when they climbed into the boat... The wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. Now, Matthew leaves out the part where Jesus said, peace, be still. I don't know if it's Luke or Mark. Talk about that. And he calmed that storm in the midst. Did you notice he got Pete in the boat? Did you hear what he said to him as he was putting him in the boat? Once again, it's not here, but it's a good message. I got so many plans for you, Peter. Peter. But you got to trust me. I don't remember his exact words. He said, I promise. I promise. And he got him in the boat. When they got in the boat, the wind ceased. And what else took place? Others noticed. Jesus delivered Peter. And every disciple in that boat... Hard lesson learned. Who is this man? Even the winds and waves obey him. Now, this Matthew just simply says, Truly, you are the Son of God. Others noticed because Pete got delivered from a mess. Jesus put him in the boat, and what happened? He started comforting him. Other disciples are standing around. The storms now ceased whoa right our faith can be contagious y'all realize that that's point six our faith can be contagious but guess what your fear can be contagious too when the rest of the world's afraid do you act in faith or fear Once Peter was able to get back in the boat and continue his journey, God was able to use his story to usher others into worship. Those plans Jesus told Pete I got for you, y'all know Peter. Why do you know him? Because he became a mighty man of God. He struggled for a minute. So here is the last point, and I got one scripture we're going to read, and we're going to get out of here. Our story is what draws others in. It's your testimony. It's all you got. You don't know what else to say. You've always got your testimony. Tell them how God delivered you. I'm going to be honest with you. You ready? Not everybody's going to accept it. You're going to tell some people your testimony, and they're going to blow you off. There are going to be others, however, and sometimes it's in the crowd that you didn't even know you were touching. You were talking to this guy who rejected you. But somebody out here noticed. And they come to you later possibly. And because of your faith. They get saved. It wasn't about the man in front of you or a woman. It was about the spirit moving in that moment. And touching the people's hearts over here. It's because you get rejected doesn't mean you give up. You keep moving forward. You're going to get rejection. They they rejected Jesus. What makes you think they're not going to reject you? He even told them. The world's not going to like this. But check this out. Those times when we get to doubt. I thought this was a perfect verse to end on. This comes from Ephesians. Chapter 3. Verses 20 to 21. And this is from the New King James. You guys ready? Now to him... Who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, all above all that we ask or think? According to the power that words at work, works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Exceedingly, abundantly all we could ask or think. I can think a whole lot. How about y'all? But if we're trusting in that God, that means he can deliver us from anything. Just because it doesn't come out the way you thought doesn't mean you didn't get delivered. Right? Yes, death's a part of life. Sometimes death is a hard thing. You're praying for life and someone goes on and dies anyway. Why? I don't know. We'll ask God when he gets there. But here's what I want to tell you. They got delivered if they knew Jesus. How I many all know they're living better than us right now if they knew Jesus? But it's because of the many that don't know him that your testimony is important. Amen? Last thing, don't limit yourself. With Jesus, you will be able to accomplish things you never thought possible. We start limiting ourselves Then we limit We put a limit on what we think God can do Because it doesn't always work Doesn't mean we stop get going at it, right? Don't limit yourself Don't limit God Too many people want to put God in a box And say this is the only way he can move Y'all know he's doing it different every day Oh come on Some of y'all didn't know that Y'all know God does it different every day The word never changes, but the way he does things does. He's still raising people from the dead. He's still curing diseases. He's still healing people. He's still got limbs growing out miraculously. He still does all of these things. I can't explain to you why it doesn't always happen, but I've seen it happen. He's still delivering blinded eyes, deaf ears, He's still doing all these things. The reason you haven't heard about it is because the world doesn't want you to know about it. If all you watch is mainstream media and you think they're telling you the truth, I got one word for you. Ha! They give you a little bit of the truth. Then they twist it all into a lie because they want you to doubt. They want you afraid. Oh, there's a new strand out. Y'all talk to the real doctors. Here's what the real doctors are saying. Y'all ready? This strand that they're claiming is coming out, that they're trying to mask mandate and everything all over again, that strand, the real doctors are saying, is the least dangerous of every strand before it. But what's the news telling you? Be scared. Sound like an old movie, doesn't it? Be afraid. Be very afraid. No, I trust God. I don't trust man. I tried trusting man. How many of y'all can say you tried trusting man and they failed you? Jesus never fails, amen? I got to quit. Thank you so much for joining with us online this morning. If you've been tuning with us online, I want to say thank you so much. Um, If you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I just want to give you that opportunity right now. It's as simple as asking. You say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose in the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. I ask you to come into my heart, be Lord of my life, forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. If you prayed that prayer, your next step is you need to get baptized and you need to find a church home, wherever it may be. You need to find a church that is discipling people, not a dead church, a church that's alive. Because here's the problem with dead church. You die with it. They don't believe God's doing anything anymore. But how many of y'all know the remnant church knows God's up to big things? He's still alive and he's still moving. So God bless you. We'll see you next time.